All right, welcome to the Serendipity Soundtrack with Remy Storak. I'll be dead honest that the first episode was scary, but all I had to do is really introduce myself and start making promises. <laughs> and so now coming to the second one, it's like, oh, no, I have to start delivering. And so I'm like, where do I even start? And I decided that I want to explain what I mean by pumping color into the world with every heartbeat. And the way that I feel I can best start to do this is to read one of the introduction, introduction chapters of my upcoming book, Pissed Off with a Purpose, Waging War on Fear. And this chapter is called Anthem of a Life. And so it goes. Our worldly narrative is broken down to the dance of three perspectives. Sadly, perspectives are simply unique distortions of our experience. To have three of them all dancing at the same time makes for a laughable situation. That situation is lived out as our life story. With that, the likelihood that we are all uniquely wrong is much more plausible than us being uniquely correct all at the same time. This perspective can be worth a healthy laugh if we need a lesson in humility, grace, forgiveness, and patience. You are just as incorrect as I about everything in life. So take that for what it's worth. Take what value you can from this and discard the rest. The three foundational perspectives is one, what is, two, what it ought to be, and three, how we can make it so. This is literally just the past, the present, and the future in a harmonious line. The universal plot is things are not as they seem. This is because there's only two possibilities for the possibility of everything. Either everything is on purpose or nothing at all. With no way to know, we are equally divergent on the heart of existence. Let's play out each mentality on either if we knew it was the absolute truth. So, if the universe has made no mistake, consider that every event to ever unfold is perfect by definition simply because it happened. If it would be any other way, for better or worse, that would be the perfect evolution because it was so. Thousands of generations of people at their finest had brought us to this exact moment, and it's perfectly fine that it took this long. The state of everything is the cause and effect of a perfectly flawed species playing out its potential with its wickedness, kindness, miracles, and tragedies alike. The record of us people at our finest and our worst allow us to guide our future to the most ideal place. What we consider mistakes along the way are perfectly designed just as well as our intelligence patiently paves its way into tomorrow. So why ponder what could have been when the divine motion brought us only currently what is? Everything will always revert to the three steps of our perception that make our unique mark in this life matter. What is, what it ought to be, and how we can make it so. Our free will would be the only source of changing the story of history. Our unique distortion of opinion, potential, and effort is the only variable in an otherwise perfectly unfolding reality. Your movement matters. There is this wonderful suggestion that when the designer of the universe made you and your gifts, he factored in your stupidity meaning that despite your sense of inadequacy, you are perfectly designed to overcome the unique challenges that come with your life. Missteps, fumbles, and all else. The only difference is whether you nurture your chosen potential and play the finest game you can play. Or what if the universe is a mistake? If this was the mistake, everything basically is a chemical explosion of cause and effect. Everything you do is equally likely as a mistake. To live this out, you have no obligation to anything and your freedom is paramount. Your freedom is the only experience. Everything else becomes an obstacle or the weapon of choice to obtain, obtain 
wherever you desire. Everything will revert back to the three steps of our perception that makes our unique mark matter in the grand mistake. What is, what ought to be, and how you can make it so. You would be the universal exception and become the story of how powerful somebody of intention can be in a world of mistakes. Either way, see the similarity between each possibility. Either conclusion on the origin of how everything still narrows down to what you're going to do with your time here. Cats will still continue to shit outside their litter box. People convinced of finding their soulmate will still find themselves heartbroken. People will stumble upon hobbies that turn them into rock stars, influencers, and cautionary tales. Some people will never be convinced they are happy until a million others justify their lifestyles, while another person knows it's worth it by the way that their dog looks at them. People will crawl their way out of tragic childhoods to be monks, warriors, tyrants, healers, pacifists, activists, drug dealers, philosophers, and all other sorts of probably the best path for me. The story of everybody else is the atmosphere behind your journey. Eight billion other people who found themselves in the same era did their own mental math of what is, what ought to be, and how we can make it so. They are all valid to their own understanding, but understanding can fundamentally change. We harmonize through values and nurture one another through shared ambitions. You are not responsible for anybody else's decisions because a world will sort out their fate for them, as it always has. Sometimes it reroutes us through failure. Sometimes it reroutes us through military force. Through, through the desire of a loved one, the avoidance of pain, the pursuit of pleasure, or a compelling stranger who told a story that changes our path. All we can do is harmonize our own ultimate orchestra of community, values, and human potential. Our one and only dance is with not knowing what's next and how we can make it what we wish it to be. We are fate weavers. How we narrate our reaction and attitude to our life is the music that emits through our soul to every other person we cross. The song that rings out from our core is what becomes the universal law of attractions. Musicians narrate and craft sound to manipulate emotion and decorate time. Whereas people overlap values and character to manipulate their experience and decorate potential of life itself. So how does a song evolve? What does it mean to hold composure? It means that despite the influence around you, that you are composing something of your own will against all odds. Just like a composition of literary, artistic, or musical production, so is your life. If a prayer is the act of celebrating, striving, or requesting a hope or wish into the future, music and prayer are virtually the same thing. Many religions and spiritual people say, the potency of prayer grows when two or more are gathered in unity. Is music not the same? Do we not get chills down our spine to witness a thousand people who've never met to unify over a chorus? Do we not feel more at home when we enter a building full of people who are humbled in their humanity and are celebrating second chances? This is all simply what is, what ought to be, and searching for the connectedness and how we can make it so. Sometimes a song eerily echoes our own experience. What both prayer and music can teach us is that it's okay to celebrate being stuck between what is, what ought to be, before we know how we can make it so. This whole journey, even amidst the hardest times, is a worldwide dare to learn how to dance in the rain of difficulties, how to bring humor into times that seem devoid of joy. How to look at an emotional pain in a way that allows us to take it from inside of us and put it out into the world and call it the art of the human story. Though, not all stories are the same. They don't have to and aren't meant to be. But when we find the art that reflects our own story, we feel less alone and get a glimpse of proof that this sorrow is not the end. 
It is merely a moment before the magic between what life ought to be and how we can make it so unfold slightly further. We are so captivated when it feels as if the song or message finds us rather than us searching for it, which would be a serendipity. A prayer or song can equally break us down when we feel something fundamentally smashes through our composure and makes us feel seen and understood. That's why people who can simply communicate well and empathize can also tear down our masks and glimpse at our core being whether we see it or not. Whether we are hiding or embracing our true state of being is the real raw versions of our souls. And that's what's singing out into the abyss to find one another. The mask we put out to try to fool others and ourselves into being what we are not can only play so far before our own lack of harmony dysregulates our very being. Disease is literally the disorder of structure, a disorder in a way that brings malfunction to a form of life. So lying and trying to be anything other than our, our authentic self will be how we narrate and create malfunction of our well-being. But it may only begin to form as malfunction and lack of harmony from the external world, making us blame the world instead of ourselves and harmonizing accordingly. But if where we are seems fundamentally inharmonious, then we have to navigate chaos itself and find where our souls find ease. That's where new songs of humanity start to emerge. That's adventure, baby. That's the story of evolution itself. So what is co-creation? Existence itself is a grand song in which we have all taken our own tunings. We find one another and clash our energy to see what parts of us can be harmonious and perhaps write a story that the world has never seen yet. Even if it's a story that has been sung for generations, some songs are meant to endure all of time. It is the fiber of who we are that ripples forth of where humanity is getting life right. As harmony is amplified, our co-creation brings forth more human potential. When our basic needs are met, self-actualization can unfold. There will be certain pressure to continue singing the songs that our parents, community, and ancestors have sung. It is not wrong or immoral to diverge as long as it does not harm the whole. Once upon a time, we were tribes, but now we're globally connected. We can witness and expose ourselves to foreign ideas and ideals. We can mix and master the human experience on a vastness that has never been possible before. But as potential increases, the possibility that disharmony and disease can be instilled also increases. Hopelessness itself, that we matter in the vastness of potential, is one of those diseases. Place yourself in atmospheres that teach new kinds of music and expose yourself to what truly resonates to bring forth your enthusiasm. Enthusiasm itself is the definition of, of embodying the spirit of God, pure, authentic transmutation of honest and joyful experience. People don't need to exactly understand what they see. They just need to know that they are allowed to be enthusiastic and accepting of their own unique expression to add to humanity's symphony. Connection and enthusiasm is the antidote to hopelessness. The world has more songs than we can ever learn, which means that there are songs that have not yet been sung and stories that have not yet found each other. When we clash with each other in ways that amplify the best in us, we expose the possibility of bringing the world something it's never seen before. This can be an actual song, or it can be any way people lose themselves in the moment and harmonize with their experience. Adrenaline, creativity, humor, playing with fear, play itself. Meaningful connection at its core. The difference now is everybody can observe, but very few are involved. It's the ability to look at the whole world's menu and read the explanations, but never taste the food. People think that they've lived, but all they've done is eat the words on the paper and try to convince others that they've tasted life. You can't eat the whole menu, just like you can't experience the whole world. 
It takes an investment and it does mean you won't have room for the rest for all other experiences and flavors, but at least you will have lived. Just like enjoying a meal, it is richer in good company. All of life's flavors are both amplified and destroyed by the company we keep. Nobody can sustain perfect and timeless harmony. Dinner may be perfectly good, yet if a couple fights and stomps off from the meal, we say dinner is ruined. The food may still be perfectly healthy. It has nothing to do with the food. It's the experience itself that is muddied by disharmony. But we blame all the other factors and forget that harmony was the experience that everything else was built on. So what does it mean to be out of tune? The opposite tragic reality unfolds for those who are embittered to the point of losing their sense of celebration and song in life. I believe nobody intentionally goes out of their way to destroy the magic in the world, but that the bitterness of others blocks the possibility of a song worth singing and living out. Those people are just as hungry for connection and harmony as anybody else, but all they can hear is the negativity that's numbing the joy. These people emit tunes that are so grungy and foul that it makes living feel difficult. It's not their fault, it's that it's the only thing that they've ever seen and heard. While the tunes of love and bliss they hear are out in the distance, and even if they wish to learn and see more, it seems out of reach to them. The disheartening part is that some people are so consumed by their sorrowful and resentful songs that their zest for life nearly diminishes. Let's be abundantly clear here that yes, some people are perfectly fine and lucky and just bitter. Whereas there are children who have been raised in endless dysfunction and people who have lived through true hell. With their lost connection to goodness, they metaphorically turn off their radio signal, so neither good nor bad can enter. Yet, they're so consumed by the negativity that becomes the only operative sensation that they have. This makes even continued experience of agony amplify their belief in a wicked and broken world, not for lack of effort, but of repetitive true proof thus far that their hope was misplaced and mishandled time and time again. Even if a good thing presented and offered itself, their receptivity is turned off. This is what brings out one of my favorite quotes. Those who were seen dancing in the rain were considered insane by those who could not hear the music. Our stories and songs never stop singing whether we like it or not. They are begging to be heard, connect, and evolve. Much like the roots of a tree slowly but surely break through concrete and overwhelm everything around it by pure nature of its expansion, we are very much the same. Our story of simply what is, what ought to be, and how we can make it so. For those who've turned off their receptivity, and close themselves off to life's offerings is the equivalent of a plant that cuts off its own branches every time it threatens to bloom. Everybody's fight for a story worth telling is equally right to survive and grow as it harmonizes potential with others in the world. The greatest sin and saddest song is to hear that a life's light stomped out on its own accord well before it gave the world an opportunity to change its story. There are new songs to sing. There are new instruments to play. There's new games to play. There's new tools to forge a life that we have never seen before. There are new people to meet whose harmony can, can and have endured hell itself. If you're going to properly see and receive what this podcast has to offer, I need you to turn your receptivity on that goodness is alive and fucking well. And it's trying to find you. It's trying to see what you're made of. It wants to see your story out to the bitter end. It wants you to hear the reverberating heartbeat of a people who don't quit when the going got tough. The music will always be playing in the hearts of those who refuse to surrender to sorrow and grief. In fact, it is in the presence of sorrow and grief that the music is truly felt. It is how we act like a living prayer and bargain with the future against all odds. We are fucking magnificent. And you are welcome to come dance in the rain with we who refuse to play small and live silently. Bring all your flaws, your fuck-ups, and your insecurities and your grievances. Love fears no fractured past. 
Grace does not flinch at your fumbles and your failings. Forgiveness is staring you in the eyes, waiting for you to get out of your own way. Courage is built into our beating heart, wondering when you'll join the anthem of a life worth living. The world has no intention to make you less afraid. I swear to God, if you dare to move despite every reason you think you have to cower, the world will rejoice in being reminded that the anthem of the human story is that there is bravery in this world. So what do you think? Take care until next time.